Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Academy, announcing the 24th of our Italian Wine Ambassador courses to be held in London, Austria, and Hong Kong from the 27th to the 29th of July. Are you up for the challenge of this demanding course? Do you want to be the next Italian Wine Ambassador? Learn more and apply now at vinitaliinternational.com. Welcome to Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps. We have specially created this free content for all our listeners who are studying for wine exams. This has been a journey of development since Stevie Kim discovered Rosie Baker's hand-drawn maps on Instagram through two years of work by our in-house editorial and graphics team, and now the maps are available to purchase in beta form while they undergo the final proofing and editing by our expert advisory board. It's a three-layered project because we know everyone learns differently. We now offer the complete box set of 39 maps, this series of podcasts with the maps narrated by our crack team of wine educators, and finally, the study guide book, which will be published later this year. Our map project is in no way a substitute for the material set out by other educational organizations, but we hope all the wine students out there will find our map project a new, exciting, and useful tool for learning. For more information and to buy the maps, please visit our website at mamajumboshrimp.com. I'm Jill Gordon-Smith. And this is the Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Map Guide. Today we're going to be talking about New Zealand. So New Zealand is the closest neighbour to Australia, roughly 1,900 kilometres away from Australia, and has a maritime climate. It's made up of two islands surrounded by water. You've got the Tasman Sea and also the Pacific Ocean. The Tasman Sea has lots of winds coming through as well as cooling down the land and the Pacific Ocean is a real cooling influence. New Zealand's long been known for its sustainable wine growing. It's very committed to that and the New Zealand industry works very hard to reduce the environmental impact of their vineyards and their vineyard management and it sets winery standards that help growers to achieve those aims. The main grapes that are grown and the grape that New Zealand is most well known for would be Sauvignon Blanc. And this has become a classic around the world and it's very easy to pick up in a lineup. It's very pungent, has very intense flavours of elderflower, passion fruit, pineapple and racy acidity. Chardonnay is another grape that's probably slightly lesser known from New Zealand, but fantastic citrus, tropical fruits and very elegant styles of Chardonnay alongside Riesling, Pinot Gris for the whites and for the red wines, Pinot Noir is is probably the most underrated grape in New Zealand. New Zealand is Australia's closest neighbour, around 1,900 kilometres from the coast of Australia and has a maritime climate. It's made up of two islands, the North and the South Island. The South Island's climate is cool and the North Island is slightly warmer. Long sunshine hours, long cool nights and a long growing season allow the grapes to ripen and achieve flavour ripeness, but they always retain their acidity. Lots of rain in New Zealand and that is one of the most classic characteristics of New Zealand, so plentiful rainfall. And this can be a problem during ripening, especially with fungal diseases. Very free-draining soils though, so this is an absolute positive, but one of the biggest problems would be over-fertility, so 
excessive shoot and leaf growth. So New Zealand has had a long history of viticulturalists that have become experts in using trellising techniques that work really well in New Zealand, like the Scott Henry, which divides the canopy and allows the sun to reach those grapes whilst still achieving really high acidities. Since the 1900s, Sauvignon Blanc has been the flagship grape of New Zealand and it's an easily identifiable grape with pungent aromatics, gooseberry, passion fruit, citrus, pineapple and racy, racy acidity. In fact, if you have it in a blind tasting, it's fantastic because it's so easily recognised. But there's other grapes that they make in New Zealand into fantastic wines that are world-class. Chardonnay, Riesling and Pinot Gris are white grapes that grow extremely well and make really fantastic classic wines. Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Pinot Noir from New Zealand has its particular style, really bright fruit characters, really ripe tannins, but still has really good acidity. The alcohols tend to be a little bit higher than those of the classic regions such as Burgundy. Very well known for Merlot and Bordeaux blends with Cabernet Sauvignon and also Syrah, which is made in a style that has more elegance, definitely less riper fruit characters than Australian Syrah and world-class wines, especially from Gimlet Gravels. So let's take a little journey around New Zealand. So if we're in the North Island in Auckland, this is the home of Chardonnay. And Chardonnay has been produced here for a very, very long time. It's quite warm and it's quite wet, so the main risk is fungal disease here. They also grow Merlot and Syrah, and you can find some fantastic reds, especially Bordeaux blends, on Waiheke Island, which is a great boat ride just about 40 minutes out of New Auckland Harbour. Gisborne is very well known for aromatic varieties as well as its Chardonnay. Roberts Tramon are grown here and really um, interesting and excellent Pinot Gris, as well as Chardonnay. In Hawke's Bay, especially around the Gimlet Gravels area, which is a gravelly outcrop, you'll find Syrah. Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon are also grown here, and these blends tend to be very elegant, classic styles of Cabernet Merlot blends that are very long-lived. Down the bottom of the North Island, you'll see Martinborough. And here, this is mainly small vineyards, over a very wide area and some wonderful Pinot Noir here. It's a medium to full-bodied style and has spice and plum characters. Very close, if you just jump across the gap between Martinborough and Marlborough, we're on the South Island. And here is New Zealand's centre of wine. This is where some of the most recognisable Sauvignon Blanc in the world is made, usually in that classic, fresh, aromatic style. You'll find the Awatere Valley, which is drier and cooler and slightly windier. So you'll get high acidities here, but also some herbaceous character. Next door would be the Wairu Valley. And here the days are long and sunny. It has the most sunshine hours of anywhere in New Zealand. And you're going to get long sunny days and that brings out those tropical fruit flavours. Pinot Gris and Riesling are also grown here. And you'll find Chardonnay and Pinot Noir made into still and sparkling styles. Canterbury is a university town, but it's also very close to the Waipara Valley on the Canterbury Plains. And here you'll find Riesling, Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir. That cooling influence from the Pacific Ocean really does affect Canterbury. 
You'll find the Southern Alps in a spine through the centre of the South Island. And Central Otago is the region that is cool and continental. It's an inland region and, again, a large diurnal range. And the most important thing, long sunshine hours and cool nights, which give really beautiful aromatic wines, but the risk of frost is very high. Riesling, Pinot Gris, Chardonnay grown here in Central Otago, but it's the Pinot Noir, that full-bodied juicy style, but with good acidity and vibrant red fruit characters. Nelson on the South Island is cooler and wetter. And again, right next to Marlborough, you'll find Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Gris and Pinot Noir. And the influence of the Tasman Sea and those northwest winds coming in tend to cool down that area. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitaly Academy, home of the gold standard of Italian wine education. Do you want to be the next ambassador? Apply online at vinitalyinternational.com for courses in London, Austria, and Hong Kong, the 27th to the 29th of July. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.